Hello and welcome to the 36th episode of Busy Nation Dhando Takkoro Kro. This is Ritika and my friend Abhishek. Hello everybody. It's early in the morning here in India and uh, the winter has started showing up in Mumbai but uh, the sweaters are not out yet. I was in Pune a couple of days back and uh, early morning people go out with their shawls and sweaters and if anybody tries to sell you sweaters in Mumbai in the shops people would say that the shopkeeper has a good sense of humor because in mumbai it's never cold it's never even close to being cool but uh, it's pleasant now and it's exactly the opposite here in melbourne so the summer is approaching and finally i have got rid of all the sweaters and i'm so happy for the summer <laughs> yes summer means a lot of <laughs> cricket as well so we'll soon see some australian action who, who by the way are in india oh, but having said that let's yeah, get on with the exactly. topic because we'll be talking more about sports otherwise you would be talking about sports and i would do the listening so we'll start yes. uh coming to the first topic of the day this one is for all those guys who were missing the news of scam for a long time so just last year i mean we were lapping up one scam after another and companies were outdoing each other in billion dollar scams and then there was a lull so last week the lull was broken by an insider trading scam in us which is touted as the largest ever hedge fund insider trading scam in US. That's right. A uh, couple of Indian sounding names were also involved. And I say that because uh, <laughs> suddenly the newspapers don't want to own up that a uh, couple of NRIs were actually born once upon a time in India. But when some Indian does something remotely exciting with an Indian name, like for instance, uh, <laughs> the Nobel Prize winner that we spoke about on Indigast, everyone says, yeah, he's from India. But yes, big news. Uh, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, I remember. I I remember reading one of his articles where he mentions that he is really irritated by all the people who are sending him uh, messages on his email That's after right. he has become the uh, Nobel Prize winner, and they are all from India. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But yes. the guy who would not be receiving those uh, good ones and good emails is, uh, I think it was Raj Ran Rajaratnam. Who's he? Who? Rajaratnam. Right. Yeah, Raja Ratnam is a Sri Lankan and he is the founder of the Galleon Group. I hope you pronounce it that way or is there any other way to pronounce it? Ah, uh, well, I just know Galeon. that it's a large sailing ship used from the 16th century and that's what he wants to <laughs> put out as he said, a very strong ship and all that, but then it, it surely sunk. It's another story that uh, he paid a bail of $100 million and returned back to work. But uh, he was involved yes. in a scam as big as 25 million US dollars and six people were to share the spoils among which were a couple of Indians, one of whom is on the board of Indian School of Business in Hyderabad. Yes, that is Anil Kumar who is also a director of consulting for McKinsey and uh, there was Rajiv Goyal also who is an Intel uh, employee. The main guy involved in this, Mr. Raja Ratnam, he is considered as one of the richest Sri Lankan in the world and is one of the largest investors in the Colombo Stock Exchange. Mm -hmm. So he is estimated to be worth around $1.3 billion by the Forbes magazine. And the bail, as you said, that he has paid the hundred million dollar bail is the highest ever set by a U.S. court. That's great. So, so they're breaking <laughs> a few records in scams as well. Yes, and he was earlier investigated by the FBI too in 2007 for allegedly funding the LTTE. 
movement in Sri Lanka. So he must not be new to all this. Yeah, that's <laughs> and true. In fact, uh, one of his achievements is also that he was featured amongst the new investment superstars by the U.S. Uh, money manager mm-hmm. in a book called as. Uh, yeah, the, sorry, the book was called as A New Investment Superstars, 13 Great Investors and Their Strategy, and he was listed as one among them. He has also contributed some $87,000 to Obama for his presidential campaign. Mm. So he's a big guy. You know, when people talk about you being famous and climbing up the so-called corporate ladder by being uh, one of the best investors, uh, you must watch the movie, I don't know if you've seen it, Wall Street, mm-hmm. which stars Michael Douglas where there is one very oh, young investor. Here. Yeah, you you got to see it. There is a very young investor played by Charlie Sheen. And uh, he he's supposedly, oh. he knows where to bet his money. And in the end, it all comes down okay. to uh, his dad's business. I'm not revealing the plot of the movie, so all you listeners don't have to worry. It's there at the back of the CD. <laughs> so insider trading, basically, okay. uh, that this guy was also involved in, is that if I know that my father's company is going to launch SAP, in two months time and I know the stock prices are going to go up if I leak that information to someone from which mm. I can also benefit then that's insider trading mm. and that's what uh, our folks here were involved in that's right for any company that is listed on a stock exchange the movement of its share price depends on how many people buy and sell its share so if there is any public information about the company then it should be known to all the normal public and there should be no information asymmetry. So when uh, uh-huh. what happens is like that, dragons that you like, throw in one <laughs> Yeah, it's like the company has a responsibility to disperse information equally in the market. So like for example, if Infosys has backed some big contract and um, it is uh, yet to declare its quarter results, and it is expecting that the quarter results will be good because it has backed that uh, big contract. Now, if any anyone inside Infosys who knows about this will go and buy the share because he thinks that the share prices are going to rise once the results will be declared. Yes. So then he will be doing something that is called as insider trading. Absolutely. This is very similar to in cricket. You know, uh, a long time back, there were two guys, two Australians, Shane Warne and Tim May. What they had done is they had leaked very harmless information that if Australia wins the toss today, what will it do? Will it bat or will it field to some bookkeepers? So what happens, you know, even these bookies have lots of bets as in if Dhoni wins the toss today, what will he do? Will he pick batting or bowling? So this is information which will not change the course of the match, right? I mean, Shane Vaughan hasn't put his money on Australia winning or losing. Any kind of information which is not given to the public, if it is given to a few people, like you said, and if you can benefit out of it, like an internal employee can, uh, if he knows that Infosys is going to back that contract two months down the line, he laps up shares and then sells it off when when Infosys stock does very well after that contract. So that's insider trading. And these guys were involved in it. In fact, in this case, there was one senior vice president at IBM who was uh, dealing with uh, the merger of or the acquisition of Sun Microsystems. Robert Aha. His name was Robert Moffat. Robert Moffat. Funny <laughs> sounding last yeah. name, but he's in jail. I mean, I, he'll be <laughs> behind bars because he gave away some information about the financials of that deal to uh, Rajan, yes. Rajaratnam and Kumar. Yes, he was looking at the books of Sun Corporation, which uh, 
IBM was planning to take over and so it leaked out some reports on the quarterly earnings of uh, Suncorp. Also, IBM uh, had taken over AMD. So uh-huh. even that information was passed on to them so that they can buy the AMD shares and then profit when the shares price go up because of the takeover. But what exactly happened was the opposite and the AMD shares <laughs> fell because of the economic recession and Mr. Raja Ratnam, he actually lost $30 million in that trade, which wiped off all the profits that he had made in the other deals. So this Uh is one guy who has been caught for making losses by insider trading. (laughs) You know, there is a line (laughs) line from that movie, uh, Wall Street, which is very famous. It says, greed, for lack of a better word, is good. So uh, there are times when you don't know where to stop. And once it backfires, it backfires you in millions. And there are many people who invest in you. Like you said, it was one of the biggest hedge fund scams. Now, a hedge fund is basically a mutual fund for the rich people. So thousands of rich people who have got at least a million dollars to invest, they just put it. And this is unregulated by any uh, SEBI or SEC, etc. So you as the fund manager, you as as Raja Ratnam, what you can do, you can invest that money in commodities, in petroleum, in anything you want, so long as you get good enough returns. And uh, you don't know where to draw a line. So these things do happen like it did in this case. That's right. In fact, this brings us to a bigger question about the lack of ethics and greediness of people at uh, the financial institutions. Now, at the helm of the financial institutions, in fact, like the 2008 crash or the Madoff scam and the numerous cases of insider trading, they all point to the fact that how the rich in their quest to become richer are ready to adopt all means. I mean, I can understand if a poor man commits a crime, but when people like these do such things, there is no explanation other than their greed and that should be severely punished. Ah, well, they have to lead, they have to maintain a lifestyle. If they have two Mercedes, then they need enough money to keep Uh, it running. So you need a few scams here and there and hopefully (laughs) that you don't get caught. Exactly. And in fact, uh, the, the key is that we always say that the key to that is that they should be severely punished. And uh, in U.S., the securities fraud charge, they carry uh, some maximum sentence of 20 years. And thankfully, the case is in U.S., which means that if they are proven guilty, they will be punished in their lifetime, unlike in India. Uh-huh. Because India is not new to insider trading, right? We have had number of them like Harshad Mehta scam, etc., but We have not made any progress in convicting them. In fact, I was reading some article where they had mentioned that in 2003 in some uh, research that was done, it was mentioned that the insider trading was very high in countries like India, China, Mexico, Russia, Mm -hmm. etc. I read this in Livement, I think. So it's important that these people are punished so that it sets up precedence. Otherwise, I don't think there is any other solution to it. I guess uh, this will happen if uh, the police are given uh, some amount of freedom to do certain things. Like, for instance, in this case, uh, why were the people caught? Mm. Because the police used the FBI, which was involved, it tapped their phone calls. Mm. And this is only yes. used. This method is used only for busting organized crime and drug deals and not for stock markets. And certain some of the quotes right. from this guy was, uh, for instance, uh, Rajaram, Rajaratnam, I get his name wrong all the time. This guy from Sri Lanka, he was talking over the phone and this is what he says. Uh, and BBC quoted him. Uh, he was talking to a friend of his, I think it was Kumar or Goel. 
who happened to be by the way from the mm. same class of 1983 from Borden Business School so all these guys got together <laughs> the, the alumnus of 1983 they said let's uh, let's get together and make some money and this is what he was quoted as you'll put me in jail if you talk i'm dead if this leaks i really am and my career is over and i'll be freaking martha stewart is what what he says he says i don't like talking over the cell phone on this so when these things get out fbi gets more than a sniff and uh, you just have to look at the books to find out where the hell has the money gone or why was the information leaked and now he is uh, caught from all corners yeah you were talking about how the fbi became forward for tapping the calls etc is also very interesting because it seems that in 2005 there was an applicant who went for an interview to galleon and raja ratnam interviewed him so he asked him the name of the companies where he had an edge which mm. means that access to inside information so the applicant um, he knew about the quarterly earnings of some company called polycom so he passed it on to him and so what raja ratnam did is instead of hiring him he made him a feeder of information to galleon about polygon polycom and google and hilton hotels etc which this guy had a lot of information about and this applicant is also the main witness in all this case and <laughs> he had started tapping the conversations so oh really that is how well you know what yeah. you just you just summarized the whole wall street movie for all of us <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what happens but you still have to watch it it's 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 fun Yeah, it, it will be fun watching Charlie Sheen chasing money rather than women sometimes. Well, he also gets a little bit of both in that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, you cannot imagine Charlie Sheen without women. I don't know if you watch it or not, but there is a series called as Two and a Half Men in which he plays as a womanizer, and my God, and it, it seems he is just the same in real life too. So, <laughs> so he's playing only himself. Ah, uh, yeah. So well after looking at the scamfilled world here is something to cheer about the quarterly results of the July September quarter are out and most of the companies have posted good profits and good results of course it also has a lot to do with the fact that last year in the same quarter the companies were making big losses so the results have been calculated at a very low base and compared to last year they are bound to be better but nevertheless the stock markets have lapped it all up and the economy in most of the nations are set to be rising about the danger levels yes any news which is marginally good is brilliant news in the stock market currently <laughs> so it's good to know that in fact uh, google for the first time in india it gave off some 18000 rupees to 1000 of its employees in india as bonuses now 18000 doesn't sound like a lot of money but uh, google doesn't have it does it does I mean. it does <laughs> yeah it, it is to a lot of us but the ones working in google they would say well 18000 is pocket change but no they are rejoicing because it's the first time uh, that uh, any company in fact google for the first time has paid any bonuses to its employees in india and if you type recession space bonus in google.com this is the first link that comes up saying that google <laughs> Yeah in fact Reliance has also given Diwali bonus to its employees this year so it looks like a happy Diwali for the Reliance and Google employees Oh yes because in case of Google uh, they're actually their the net profit jumped up by 27% and it's it's 1.64 billion dollars so in other words they've made money it's unlike the financial instruments or the asset backed securities or the credit default swaps and all those jargons in finance 
uh, in investment <laughs> banking industry the, this is not paper money it's actual money and the revenue has gone up to 5.94 billion so most of it coming from advertising revenue is hard cash and uh, they have made money so they are parting with some of it uh, to its employees yeah ibm intel yahoo they have all posted better than expected profits uh, this quarter and in fact yahoo uh, even though it had a drop of revenue of i think 12% since the previous quarter it has uh, managed to post better profits and it seems that are mainly because it has cut its workforce by 2000 people and mm. therefore uh, driving down the operating costs another antithesis is that uh, while apple it has posted its best quarterly results ever so its third quarter revenues are around 10 billion dollars which is like 24% higher than the last nokia on the other hand has posted its first quarterly loss in a decade ooh they got something wrong that others didn't yeah it they think the poor results are because uh, the customers of higher end nokia models have turned to iphone and uh, blackberry and apple has been riding high of course because of its high sales of iphones and mac it, it's really interesting because even during the recession apple kept its bet on its premium product offerings and it has paid off it sold 10 million iPods 1 million iPhones and 2 million Macintoshes yeah now a Mac is pretty costly and it's doing well in places yes. like Mumbai too i mean in india as well it's almost one and a half times the cost of a normal uh, Acer laptop that i carry which costs 25000 and a macintosh can range anywhere between 65000 rupees to a lakh so, so it does teach us a thing or two about branding oh it does in fact this is a case of the economist that carried an article long time back saying the ipods hmm. have helped increase the sales of macs the macintoshes so in other words it's a case of the yeah. tail wagging the dog because it's in the business <laughs> right. of selling macintoshes and it's the other way around now the people are buying ipods and hence also buying macs that's right moving on to the next topic of the day uh, ellen mittal who is the ceo of uh, largest steel company arcelor mittal He has announced that he may have to quit his steel pro- projects in Odisha and Jharkhand, and uh, these steel projects are worth around 20 billion dollars. And he is doing this because of the difficulty in acquiring the land. But the government says that Alan Mittal has been slow in demarcating the land that it wants to secure, etc. So that's the reason why it's been holding back. So on and so forth, the blame game goes on. Yeah, but now recently, Navin Patnaik, who is the Chief Minister of Orissa, he Orissa or Jharkhand, I think Orissa. Orissa. Sure, no. Biju Janata Dal Party. He belongs to Biju oh Janata Dal Party. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah so <laughs> Navin Patnaik yeah he intervened he said that please don't go he just said these three words and uh, <laughs> supposedly it has had some effect on Mithil uh, recent news is that the most recent news is that he's going to stay back and so is Posco the South Korean company who also have about 8 billion dollars uh, <clears throat> worth of investments planned and Arcelor Mittal has another 10 billion dollars which is a total mm. of almost 20 billion dollars in a state which can do with some good money i say that because orissa which not very long ago in 99 it had about 10000 deaths because of cyclones and it is a place which is continuously uh, got some very bad love story with nature something or the other keeps going wrong and yeah. it's got india's fifth largest coal reserves and one fourth of iron ore is in that place the whole of india is 
is in that place. So that's why ArcelorMittal and POSCO and other steel companies want to make a mark there. But due to some politics and uh, like you said, the, the fight between the locals and uh, the government, the land issue, like always, comes up in this case too. Yeah, and with the current Mayoist struggle going on in the, these areas, it will become even more difficult to acquire the land as uh, the Mayoists and activists like Arundhati Roy, they are accusing the government of displacing the local people from their land as they have signed MOUs with big companies for providing them land. So all this will just make the fight tougher. I think part of that is valid because the total land that both these companies want is it totals up to 12,000 acres and that's a lot. Yeah, but, but you know, what I feel is that, sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, go on. No, I was just saying that. But you know what I feel is that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was saying that. Okay, these, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was saying if, if it's 12,000 acres, uh, if you hmm. can provide the guys who are being displaced with some amount of employment or the regular perks, then I don't see it to be a huge problem. But there will always be that 0.5% of the politicians who would want something more and wait for a deal which is far bigger and pocket a big big amount in their pockets, which which will not happen because, you know, these MOUs were signed four or five years back, which is a long time and nothing has happened since. That's right. And what I feel is that industrialization in such backward pockets of the country is very important for uplifting these people. But it is also important to oversee that local people are not exploited in the process. And activists like Arundhati Roy and other uh, human rights uh, activists, they sh- instead of opposing such acquisition, they should sit with the government to ensure that such industrialization does not end up exploiting the poor and they are adequately compensated. You need intelligent activists to act as a catalyst in this process rather than just impede any form of development at all. Yeah, that's true. In fact, it's a good idea. You just have uh, people like Arundhati Roy on on the board, uh, which will negotiate Who, certain terms. Who, for the record, I think is a little bit of a mad woman. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I don't know about I, that. I, I just feel that she's a rebel without a cause. She uh, just is. I think she just forces her view upon people. She's a hardcore socialist and a hardcore leftist. So and. She just imposes that view on people. I am very surprised uh, with your uh, stand on her because you two are a lot socialist at heart. And you, that's it. No, no, not at all. I, I totally disagree. I may, I, see, I always say that whenever there is something about acquisition of land and displacement of people, I always say that in the process of industrialization, you should not completely neglect these people and just, you know, go ahead with what you think is right or that kind of capitalism. But industrialization and development is important and it is important that you take with you all these people and go ahead. If I would be an activist, I would be playing a middleman's role and ensuring that, you know, development does happen, dams do get built, but then the people who have to go somewhere else, they are put in a much better place. And especially, I, I don't the agree with her point of view, and don't compare me with her. Not at all. Oh my God, two women being compared—it's—it's. <laughs> it's, I think one of the most dangerous things to do, especially when one of them is listening. Yeah. So I take my words back, but <laughs> but the point is that uh, when it comes to the case of Arsal or Mithil, now Mithil happens to be a very rich man. He he lives in a 128 million dollar apartment, which was bought from Bernie Ecclestone, I guess. 
and uh, you know he's got uh, the marble in his house has been sourced from the same quarry which uh, had supplied marble for the taj mahal that that place is called taj mittal now so if he's got so much money <clears throat> i think uh, these things should be taken care of these are the minimum yeah, they, they sh- yeah they should be but i agree many a times they are not but then that should not be taken as a stand to just stop any kind of development Yes, I guess they can learn a bit from Vedanta Resources, which has put in 1.4 million ton aluminium project in a district called Kalahandi, either in Orissa or Jharkhand, which is the largest investment in aluminium. So they managed to do it, and so did uh, Reliance Power, the Anil Ambani Group, which is investing 13 billion dollars in Orissa for a power plant. Uh, it will be doing it very soon. Mm-hmm. So I guess a few of them get through, a few other deals don't. and also politicians in the local politicians they have a very important role i mean west bengal it had so much problem in placing the nano right mm. but gujarat did not have any problem in acquiring the land so exactly. obviously the politicians also play a role well this thing cat and mouse will keep going on and we'll keep all you guys updated on whether elan mithal leaves orissa because it will be a big it will be a very bad news because 10 billion dollars is a lot of money Yes, and uh, ending on a sad note, our condolences with the family of Mr. Ranjan Das, who was the SAP President of India, and passed away a week or two back. And he was just 42 when he died with a massive heart attack. And uh, he has been a big hand in establishing SAP's presence in India, and was rewarded for his efforts by making him the President of the Indian Region by SAP. Yes, a managing director and CEO of the Indian subcontinent, and he supposedly was a fitness freak. Never missed the gym, ran nine kilometers every day in the morning, slept for four hours a day. I guess that's what uh, wasn't the best of his choices. And then uh, it's very surprising for a man who was physically fit and was very handsome. His the pictures in the newspaper. And he hardly looked 42, it seems. And uh, in fact, in the past few years, uh, quite a few of prominent uh, business leaders in software industry have passed away in their 40s due to heart problems. The former chairman of Nascom, Devang Mehta, and uh, Sunil Mehta, who had passed away when he was 41. Then there was Arun Kumar, who was the chairman of Flextronics, uh, when he passed away. The cases of people dying in their 40s is on a rise if at all any ceo is listening to this and i know at least one of them is don't take your job too seriously because it's not the end of the world and this guy was harvard business school in seattle from france uh, or in said however you pronounce that business school's name and mit mm-hmm. so one of the most premier colleges and schools that this guy attended and it is said that after his engineering none of his uh, schooling was paid for by him it was all scholarship so in a way he happened to be one of the best in the class and with only 16 years of work ex he was at the helm of sap india and was slated to be the next ceo worldwide of uh, sap mm. but it was not to be unfortunately and uh, in fact we had met him just a week before he died we had a party because we had mm. implemented sap in our company and he looked pretty hale and hearty oh, okay. so very very sad news so well on that note uh, we'll wrap it up this episode of uh, Designations. Then do take a rokro. Please log on to theindicast.com. Give us your comments. Suggest us topics that we can talk on. Uh, you can follow me at Abhishek Kumar on Twitter. And uh, Ritika. Yeah, even I have a Twitter ID now. It's finally it's Ritika one seven zero seven. Yeah, it's Ritika one seven zero seven. But I am not 
I don't log on to it that often because I really don't understand too much of Twitter. Uh, you yeah, just grow off a billion people who could have followed you on Twitter. <laughs> we yeah, but we have also created a community on Facebook called Indicast, and uh, we will be posting the topics that we will discuss in our next podcast on that forum. So all you guys, please join the community and suggest us the topics that you would like us to discuss in the forthcoming episodes. Yes, and I hope you loved this episode. Go log on to theindicast.com again. Bye bye. Bye bye. The cases of people dying in their forties is on a rise. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to edit that laugh out. I don't know why I did that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Okay.